Jill. And I'm Mary Grace. And we are on a mission to discover better ways to serve our community and support our priests. Right. And today we have with us Father Matt. Father, would you like to introduce yourself? I am Father Matt Libra. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, coming to you from St. Rose Parish. Wonderful. And Father, how long have you been ordained now? I've been ordained eight years now. Whoa. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, it's been eight years. I didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah, we've known Father since I was really little, only a couple of years old, I think. Yeah, as long so as we I got the right. Yeah, we've known you throughout your school and being a deacon and everything. So mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's been a privilege for me. I think you were just born, Mary Grace, yeah. uh, the year I met you. Uh, I met you in year, the year 2000. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, it's been a privilege to be with your family. Malia, got to, I got to give her her first communion at my first mass as a priest. So that, uh, that's been very special to be connected with your family in so many different levels. Yeah. So, Father, we have a question for you. So, you are a diocesan priest, but during your discernment process, you know, there's the option to go with, into a, you know, a different order. Mm -hmm. If you were going to join a religious order, what order would you join? That's a great question. Um, I was really attracted to different religious orders because I like the aspect of community life. That's, that's a value to me. Um, at the time, I didn't know exactly what order did what but if i had to pick now um i would probably pick dominican or carmelite um i like benedictines uh but i just feel like maybe more of my charism is outside of the monastery um, um and both dominicans and carmelites have a a contemplative part and an active part to their um to their charism and so i i that, that's that's attractive to me yeah that's a good choice <laughs> I, I love the Dominicans. I'm a little biased because, you know, St. Catherine of Siena is my confirmation saint. So, you know, I, I have a special place for them, but those are good choices. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fair enough. <laughs> and the other important question we have is, and I know this is going to be hard for you, but... we haven't thought about it. If you had to list a favorite Lord of the Rings character, what would it be? Dang, you, you are. You can like a top five if that's easier. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, my, my kind of hero is, is, is Samwise. Um, each time I read the trilogy, I'm attracted to a different one or identify more with one or the other storylines uh, of the characters, but uh, Sam's just kind of basic. He's true, he's loyal, he's honest, he's humble, he's real with himself, he's real with others, he grows, <laughs> which is always inspiring. And, uh, and he's just got that simple courage that any of us can have if we just live. And so Samwise is really, uh, for me, um, one of my heroes from that book. Uh, that's, it's, tar it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good pick. Sam, I don't know if I can pick a top favorite character, but Samwise is definitely one of the top favorites. Yeah. yeah. I go back and forth between Faramir and Aragorn sometimes, and like just every time you read it, you catch a little glimpse of them, you're like, hey, that's really, 
That's good. Or Gimli, even. Uh, he is the only dwarf to ever go to the Undying Lands. Um, that's, I mean, what kind of a person you got to be to to get that <laughs> to to get that honor? You know, that's that's uh, it speaks to who he is. Now you got me thinking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. So this comes down to the, the main question that we're going to focus on today. Of your eight years of priesthood and, you know, your years of seminary before that, what is your favorite ministry or charism that you've, that you've gotten to be involved in? Uh, that's great. My, there, there's lots of good things. I think maybe one of the ones that, or the one that touches me most and, and strikes me every time is, is the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, to me, every time I feel like I get to have a front row seat to grace happening. And I'm just the instrument. Of course, the Lord's the one who forgives sins. But you get to be watching why somebody reconciles. And that's brought me a lot of conversion myself. Because hearing what other people confess, you're like, okay, <laughs> got to check that one in my heart, you know, and, and, and stuff. But but like it's beautiful watching people come to meet their God again. And um, it's not something you get to talk about. So it's something that the Lord invites me to meditate on to, um, to kind of show like, look how I gave this person grace. And, and, and Matt, don't you think I would want, I want to give you that same type of grace. Don't you think I want to heal this in your soul as well? And, and would you, um, risk this with me like they did um it, it's just really helpful other times people are coming in rather afraid and you know like oh crap i've really screwed up and and how could god love me and then they they go through it and they're like that wasn't scary at all I, I met god in that and you're like yeah isn't he awesome and they're like i should do this more often and you're like it's, it's all yours man you can come whenever you want um but that, that sacrament of reconciliation has been really a it's just a huge privilege for me to be able to witness, um, like I say, that front row seat to grace. Um, um, I mean, the Lord does a lot for me, and, and then he, I think he uses me to, to do a lot for other people in that sacrament as well. I really, I really like what you said there because, you know, a lot of people like have it in their head that they're worried about when they go to confession being judged and everything. And I, I've never thought about the fact that the priest can be humbled by what they hear and realize, wow, that's, that's something that I need to work on as well. I've never thought of that other side of that. Cause like, even, even myself, I'm like, I'm cradle Catholic. I grew up in the faith. I've been going to confession since I was seven years old. And I still like dread it when I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to go again. But then when I come out of it, it's the best feeling in the world. You're so happy and so lighthearted. I love it so much. Yeah, that you're echoing. That I mean, that's the beauty to watch that happen. And one phrase that I heard is about confession is, "Oh, I hate going. I hate going into confession, but I love coming out." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is a real, a real privilege, and uh, yeah, it's, I'm so glad the Lord gave us that sacrament, right? I mean, what would we be without it? <laughs> um, it, it? A lot of guilt, a lot of just kind of wallowing in our own stuff without, without knowing a way out. 
think that is one of the one of the great beauties of being Catholic is that we have that option of going into confession and confessing directly to God, you know, through the priest, everything, you know, that, that we have and receiving that absolution and receiving that grace to the point that like you can actually feel that that uplifted feeling at the end. Like consistently, you know, you go, you have a great confession and you know, you're dreading it beforehand, but you still feel absolutely amazing afterwards. And you said you said it well, Molly Joe. The that when I make a great confession, when I make a good confession, like it's freeing for me. <laughs> yeah, and and we just I don't know why we dread it, like you say. Um, why it's like pulling teeth to go, and uh, I have to admit this, or I just want new sins. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing, though. It's like I'm. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this with people, but like you go into confession and you're like, well, I'm confessing the exact same things I did last time. I feel like something should be changing or, you know, like, how do you, how do you have, how do you combat that feeling of feeling so repetitive in your confession? Well, I think that's, that's a great question because most of us, whatever our sin is, we tend to struggle with our sin. Um, so like the person that maybe overeats, they're maybe not tempted to spend too much time on social media, um, but it's hard for them to not overeat or vice versa or whatever. I'm just picking stuff that probably all of us, <laughs> all of us can, can pick. Um, but the thing is to not, the, the fact that we don't want it and, and that we want to confess it because this isn't the way we want to go. We don't want to keep continuing the sin because it makes me less happy. It makes me less of who I'm called to be and who I want to be. Um, that's a, that's a process, right? Um, and so like, a, a, I, I don't think if you fed a kid some food, they'd be like, then you'd look at him and be like, oh my gosh, did your hair just get a little bit longer right now? I, oh, oh man, man, that's amazing. Because then we would, you know, we just don't see it. But like after a while, just because you keep feeding kids their meals and giving them snacks when they need them, um, all of a sudden they're like, man, how did you get so big? You've grown so much. But if you don't ever give them that food, they don't, they don't, they're never going to get there. <laughs> Same thing with us and, and these sins. If we never kind of take that step and that little bit of resistance, that little bit of resistance against it, eventually we grow and become strong and, and we experience freedom in that. But sometimes it takes a while for us to get free because we're so kind of linked to our sin or chained by our sin. Father, before you were ordained, is that what you expected one of like your favorite things to be like going into is that what you expected or were you kind of like surprised you're like oh wow um yeah that's a great question um i think before i was ordained i was looking forward to preaching because i um i didn't like boring homilies and i hoped to be able to give the gospel to people and i thought that i could be an engaging enough speaker and proclaim the gospel um, decently well. Uh, my youth ministry experience um, uh, was kind of built that up in me, which I was very shy before, but I was really looking forward just to sharing the gospel with people. Um, I, I was also really looking forward to the Mass. Uh, the Mass became a big part of my own personal conversion, celebrating the Eucharist, which is still is huge for me, and it's, it's central. I mean, most of my conversion has come sitting before the tabernacle and then going and living what living as Jesus did and going through those hard times and, and living life in a, in a concrete way in a difficult situation 
um, and growing from that. So those, those I was really looking forward to. And of course I was looking forward to the sacraments, but I guess I, you know, you, you only have your own experience of confession <laughs> and I had no idea what it would be like as a confessor. And, uh, you know, we're doing practicum in seminary, which is, you know, like practice confessions. And so they give you a scenario, 10 year old boy comes in and says these types of things, a 20 year old girl, a married couple, you know, like, um, and so you practice it and I sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's fake though. So you just have no idea how to be on the other side of that. And I just remember one of my uh, buddies who was a year ahead of me, it was a priest a year before me. Um, he's like, you, you're not good at it now because you don't have the grace for it now. That's all fake. Um, you know, when you get into the moment, you'll be ordained and you will have the grace of orders to do that. And I, I find that that's utterly true. And so you're, yes, I don't, I don't know that I was thinking uh, about it. I wanted to be good at it, but <laughs> I had no idea how to, because uh, I'd only been the confessee, not the confessor. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But it's been a great privilege be, to be a penitent and to be the confessor has, has been very good for me. Yeah. So, um, in, when you're, when you're in seminary and when you're preparing, um, you have the practicum, but you also do a lot of like book study, I'm sure about the sacraments and stuff. A lot of like Pope Benedict the 16th. Are there good writings to like read about confession as a layperson? Oh yeah, that's a great question too. Uh, there's uh, a couple of encyclicals or pastoral letters that John Paul II wrote, Dives in Misericordia, and uh, but I think just going through the scriptures, number one, would be what I would suggest to people. Um, the the woman caught in adultery, right? Does anyone here condemn you? No, sir. No one. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And can we can we identify with that uh, that the woman caught in adultery? Where have I been adulterous? That is unfaithful to God. And do or I just to see like, oh, I would never do anything like that. Um, am am I Matthew the tax collector? You know, I'm kind of just doing the best I can to get by. And I kind of compromise my faith to be a tax collector and make money. And Hey, I get, I get rich off of this. So guys got to survive. Right. And then Jesus says, come follow me. Um, just do I identify with the sinners in the gospel and do I, and do I identify with Jesus love and forgiveness? So we have the story of Peter who denied Jesus. Um, Judas betrayed him, but he tried to make it up. But in the end, Judas couldn't go back to Jesus for whatever reason. He, he, he couldn't stand facing him again. Uh, Peter, in the, I think it's Luke's gospel, um, as soon as he denies the third time, he looks at Jesus and Jesus is already looking at him. And so he goes out and weeps bitterly. But but he's able to kind of receive that forgiveness. I think many of us have a, a big struggle with receiving forgiveness. We can get to the point where, sure, I can be the bigger person and forgive them. I know I got to let this go. And some of those deeper things, they're harder and they don't go away at, at all. Qu 
quick and it takes years for us to work on them to, to be open, but we can understand that I need to forgive other people because I'm not perfect. Um, but we really struggle with letting somebody else forgive us when we don't think there was a good reason for our sin, right? Like I was just being stupid or a jerk or selfish or that I, I knew it was a sin and I chose it anyways. And I was just weak and powerless and whatever it is, our experience. Um, I think we struggle to receive that forgiveness. So will I identify with the people in the gospel? The word that has really been striking me, Pope Francis uses the word mercy a lot. Um, in the scriptures, the word that has been striking me lately has been compassion. So go to the, the prodigal son and the father, while he was still a long way off, caught sight of him and moved with compassion. And so he ran to his son, the son who said, I, I'd rather have your stuff than you. I, I wish you were dead so I could have my inheritance, right? And, and runs away. That's the last interaction the father had with this kid. Um, and yet he's moved with compassion. And I think so often we tend up to be like that, that other parable where the, master, the servant owes the master a great debt and he can't pay it back. And so he begs him to forgive him and he does, but he keeps trying to pay it back. And then he goes and strangles his fellow servant, you know, like you owe me money much less. And, and we treat people like that all the time. Um, we're short with people. We're like, Hey, I remember what you did when we were five, you know, that's, that's not going away. <laughs> I mean, as a sibling, you, you guys probably know that stuff, but hopefully you all then also know the stuff that we can laugh about that now because that was big and it, and it was stupid and we've forgiven and, so no, no longer the, the resentment remains, but the, the reconciliation remains. And, and to forgive people, we really have to experience the forgiveness of God, especially the big things, um, whatever the big thing is for us, right? Um, and uh, I think of couples who have experienced infidelity in their marriage, um, and then one of them is able to forgive the other. How do they do that? Well, they must have experienced the Lord's love or forgiveness themselves. And so they're able to extend it. And when you meet people who have experienced love like that from another human person, they're amazed by it because we just, our world does not live that way. Um, we, we, I'm going to get everything that you owe me back, every bit of retribution. And that's the way it goes. You hurt me and you're going to feel all the hurt that I got. Um, that's the way we act, but that's, that's, that's not, that's not the message of Christ and reconciliation. It's like you hurt me and I forgive you and I, and I want you back, which is amazing. <laughs> so I would recommend that. That was a book that you asked for. <laughs> I would recommend the scriptures. Um, particularly the Gospels, but read Hosea, uh, the prophet of the Old Testament. Um, I would read um, Ezekiel. That's really powerful. St. Paul's testimony. Um, th these are all, read St. Augustine, his confessions, and how he kind of grappled with his own sin um, and finally got to a place where he could kind of recognize it. I, I do love Pope Benedict XVI's writings. He writes so clearly and concisely and just laps you in the face all the time. Um, uh, so Jesus of Nazareth is a good 
gospel trilogy to kind of go through and get kind of like, wow, what was God doing? Um, Father Raniero Canta La Mesa has a book um, that he wrote for the year of mercy. I think it's called The Gaze of Mercy. And uh, it, it was really, I mean, that was a profound book for me to read. Um, Father Raniero Canta La Mesa is the, he's the preacher for the Pope, for the papal household. And, uh, and so he, he spent the last maybe 20, 30 years of his life preaching to the Pope. <laughs> um, but, but his reflections on mercy were, were f really fresh and profound and, and, and thoughtful. And then I would recommend reading, just reading the book of human experience and watching those people who have forgiven other people, especially the ones who have forgiven of, of, of bigger things, been very intentional. Wonderful. Thank you, Father. That, that gives a lot to think about, which I appreciate. I, I need these things. That gives me a lot of sources, too. Yeah. Uh, of course, you got to read Thomas Aquinas. Uh, <laughs> um, wrong with Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, if you, it's hard to read the Summa, but once you learn how to read the Summa, um, you'll get a lot of clarity about what he's, what the sacrament of reconciliation is, and how to understand it better, and why I would want to choose it, and what sin is. Um, when we understand that sin is is the rejection of God, but even more than that, it's a cultivation of a relationship with the enemy and a rejection of a relationship with God, um, we become more aware, like, well, I don't want, I don't want a relationship with the devil. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to have a relationship that's going to lead me to hell. I want this relationship that leads me to heaven. And when we start thinking in those terms, our actions tend to change or our value of what confession is, uh, can do for me and what reconciliation can do for me um, really it really becomes clear. So Thomas Aquinas is really good for that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Father, and thank for you. giving thank us all this stuff. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys for doing this. You, you ladies are so uh, bright and joyful with your faces. It's just, <laughs> I hope that your ministry has a great effect on many people. Um, I'm sure that the priests that you interview will say something good from time to time. Um, but the, the, the beauty of what you're trying to bring into the world um, through connecting people to priests and getting them to experience what you have, but also kind of showing the beauty of our faith in, in a different way is, is, is really a wonderful thing. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Would you hold um, us in the prayer, Father? You bet. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, we ask for a new and deeper faith. You would help us to know the great love that you have for us, and always to recognize the truth from the lie. Jesus, we ask that you walk with us in all the joys and sorrows of this life, that we may know your presence carrying our cross with us. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit to Molly Joe and Mary Grace, to all those who will watch this episode of theirs, that your word may stir in their hearts, that your fire may burn in their bones, and that they may come to know your love in a, in a new and unique way, and that you would hear the prayers of their heart, even those prayers that they don't know how to express. And through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, 
and all the angels and saints and the merits of the sacred heart of Jesus. May Almighty God bless each of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, ladies. Great to be with you today.